When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session, is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 373. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my co-host is John Carcutt, the director of SEO for Advanced Local. Having a good day, my friend? Oh yeah, getting getting settled back into the uh, groove of things after the holidays, so it's it's nice to be back in uh, in rhythm. Good. Being a, drum, being a drummer and all, it makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, yeah, it's getting back into the swing of work is uh, tricky. I always find this time of year, but I'm getting there. Yeah, I spent a I, I spent a whole day or two just kind of going through not just emails, but I because I was gone for it seemed like weeks, um, just trying to catch up on what's happened in the industry. Look at all the data behind my sites that I hadn't been focusing on like I usually do. It was it was an it was a good kind of to just kind of put everything back into perspective of what's going on, not only in the industry but you know on our sites. It's a good idea. Actually, I should do that for my business. I'd love to. I just it's always a mad rush when you get back, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. There's always fires that were simmering before you got back, but as soon as somebody finds out you're back, they they become full blazed. <laughs> well, that or just stuff you over, over the holidays because for life of me, I don't know why, but some people just don't take the holidays and they were just messaging, messaging, messaging. 
And it's like, I'm not here. I'm not here. <laughs> just, for, just for a short time. But uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, you're, you're getting people calling uh, the uh, rescue services on you while you're swimming in the ocean. That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So for those that don't know, I know this is all, we don't, I don't do this very often. So bear with us here. But a little off topic is I like doing lots of cold um, dips in the ocean here uh it's about seven degrees celsius i don't know what that is in fahrenheit but it's it's cold it's cold, it's cold in fahrenheit it's cold in fahrenheit too like yeah. <laughs> it's above freezing that's for sure but yeah it's cold um and i just love going i go for about 10 minutes and usually just my head's above water it looks pretty funny i i, I look at pictures later i'm like oh my god <laughs> just like this head that's it um and from a distance it's even funnier but anyways someone would was just rescued um and uh nearby by the auxiliary coast guard and and i guess once the, the ambulance and the fire engines on stuff left um they go there fire engines are there first um someone must have reported seeing me in the water and i'm there a lot i go at least during that time i was i can't go during the week but i was there and so they they sent police fire engines ambulance uh and then the tv <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like i got my thumbs in the air i'm like i'm good i'm good guys don't don't know don't bother me <laughs> i'm all good <laughs> i had to get out of the water i'm like i guess he's gonna want to talk to me oh dear Ross we joked about it we thought it might happen someday but i just i guess i i did just sort of expect when when would it happen? It's sort of thing that just happens to me. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious that the news showed up. Did they did they do any kind of stories or anything on it? Or did they just go, oh, they did a story on the main person. And then they just included footage of me um, talking to uh, the emergency personnel and stuff. I like, tried to hide and put my jacket on because, you know, <laughs> it was rather nipply. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyways oh, are you allowed to say that on podcasts why not uh, yeah. <laughs> tmi i know but anyways let's get um, into real stuff came into a good story and it's it's funny if you ever want, if you want to see my i say facebook i've got it on my public uh page uh so facebook.com slash ross dunn uh, anyway it's a bit of a laugh okay so yeah let's jump into it here so google search console crawl stats report a uh, report data fixed that's a long title okay yeah. So, so basically, tell us about this. So basically, after the first of the year or so, the um, crawl stats, and I think not just crawl stats, because I saw it in a couple of other reports in Search Console, it was stuck at December 31st, and the data wouldn't progress past that. So if you were trying to get data for the first few days of the year, um, it just wasn't showing up. So it was a, it was a bug. It's fixed. If you were worried about it and you were it was causing you issues, you should be fine now. Just wanted to make sure everybody uh, knew that that was that was addressed. And and Google says no more problems. Here we go. Take it away. But I also think it's part of the next story. Um, Google turned to Google's new search console turned to on January eighth. And I think that means Search Console's heading into its terrible twos. It's going to get worse. That's <laughs> just, just my opinion. No, no data or facts to back it up. Okay. All right. But, He's but made it, it is projection. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually is interesting, though. I, I did. I really don't think that Google Search Console's the new one has been around that long, but it has. It doesn't seem like it at all. The new one, yeah. The new yeah. one. 
I guess I think so. it's because I think that's because of the way they rolled it out because they they kept adding moving one piece from the old one to the new one then moving another piece from the old one to the new one and they kind of did it in steps over time so maybe that's why it feels like it shouldn't be that old yeah when it was actually whole it was a whole lot less than two years yeah you know it became whole I mean that was within last year. I mean, yeah, it was just a few months ago that they turned yeah. off the old one and said, this is all you have anymore. All right. Well, terrible twos it is. I don't know if, about you, but my kid was actually pretty good at two. Three is yeah, the one. I know. But, <laughs> my, mine see. was two, so I don't know why. But <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, well, let's jump into general news here. So I wanted to share something that just came to mind actually a minute ago. Um it's been a big hit to my, my clients and myself, actually, because obviously they had to cut back on some spends. But um, I work for a number of uh, debt companies in Canada. These are actually, it's a, a, a group of companies. Um, anyway, they, they help people settle debt and they, they, they are not part of the big banks, unlike most of the credit counseling companies. Um, but so they actually work in your interest. Really good people. I've been really proud to work for them. Well, Google just announced, or I guess for the last, it was about six months ago, they announced this was coming, but they said that um, debt service companies wouldn't be allowed to, to, to use uh, pay-per-click anymore without being uh, verified or, or, you know, they, without going through an approval process, proven they're, uh, I guess, a, uh, a bank registered <laughs> debt consolidation company. Um, well, they just decided, and I'm livid at this, that only, I think it was this arbitrary number of countries, and quite a few, I mean, from Japan to US to Australia and all these number of places are included in this process, but not can. So all of a sudden, the door is shut on these debt consolidation companies. Wonder like nothing. Why. They can't do anything. They're, they're, and it's a huge income stream for them. We've been working with them for years and we do a, we're proud of the job we're doing for them. They get quite a bit of leads, but now we are shutting that down and there's no explanation. They haven't said anything why Canada was excluded. Nothing. Well, you know, Google, they don't, they don't have like, if they don't have to, they won't. So they don't. Uh, It's just, it really makes me furious. You know, I get about this stuff. This really bothers me. Um, anyway, uh, unfortunately, you know, that's a huge chunk of, of work we were doing too. So it hurts us too. So all of a sudden we can't do that. And, um, the clients aren't too thrilled to put it mildly. Um, it also looks bad on us because we still see some of their competitors out there doing it because Google in their lame ass fashion, haven't gone through and actually shut down the whole network yet. They're just sort of doing it one at a time. So these other guys are making money still. Oh, wow. <sighs> Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, Can they sue? I don't know. <laughs> Can you sue Google and get away with that? Obviously we're going to get into that in a minute, but um, yeah. the next bit here, but I just, you know, that took years. So it's coming up. So. Uh, actually, wow. let's jump into that. So, what's <laughs> this is kind of a chuckle. So, so, you know, Sonos, right? The the speaker people who make the like the interconnected speakers are actually really good. I have a couple of them, um, but they're currently suing Google over some patent infringements, and I don't know exactly what the patents are, 
but I was reading part of the, the, the article on this on ZDNet. And basically what Sonos is suing for is, like, here's the quote from the article, the company is seeking financial damages and a ban on the sale of Google speakers, smartphones, and laptops in the United States. Jesus. I, 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 I just can't comprehend that. I guess, I guess it depends on what the, the, the patent was. But it's surprising it's not being mentioned. Wouldn't you see? Wouldn't you sue for part of the revenue of all the sales on those things instead of a ban of the sale? Uh, that's what I would think, because I don't know how a laptop is going to compete with a Sonos speaker in the market. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Holy crap! That's, there's a massive p- article from New York Times on this yeah. that this is actually from. So it must say in there. I gotta have to read it further. Because it's it's really kind of interesting, because um, Sonos is not a it's not a huge company like Google, but it's not a small company either. So it says here, uh, when Sonos came along in 2005, it promised wireless sound throughout a house, seamlessly controlled from a handheld device. Its early ads boasted any song, any room. Sonos quickly began patenting its innovations, a stockpile of intellectual property, which is now displayed on its website. So holy crap, do they ever have a lot? Wow. Whoa. I'll send you this link. I know this is off topic kind of. It's always interesting to see what Google's up against here. Uh, here we go, Jenny. Um, All right. It's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of patents. Um, beaming, boosting, connecting, the play bars. Jeez, I mean, Louise. Um, there's a lot of stuff that they've... And that's just the topics, the patents within each one are in the 30s and 40s at least. There's, uh, there's got to be well over a thousand, probably close to two thousand patent numbers on this page. It's, it's insane. Well, good for them. You know what? I, I, I'm all behind that. If, 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 if Google just pushed past us, they should get their ass handed to them. I uh, don't like that at all. It's very un-American, right? Yes. So there we go. I know that much. <laughs> That'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and when things like that, when it, if it does, um, it certainly opens up other issues that could come from this market that could affect SEO. Uh, who knows? Um, on a slightly uh, separate topic, again, a little different, but I kind of went woohoo when I saw this. Uh, the next version of Chrome coming out in a few months, I believe it's a couple months anyway, is Chrome 80. And it's going to finally block push notifications. Um, at least there's a certain ifs, ands, or buts about this. But if you know when you go to a page and it asks you, you know, would you like uh, to receive notifications from this page? I'm always pressing no, always pressing no. Well, Chrome will actually intelligently realize that you are more often than not saying no, and it will start blocking them all. Um, in addition, if, even if you do say yes to a few, if there are specific pages that have a low acceptance rate that Google has noticed mm-hmm. or sites, they will start getting blocked. Um, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I know I'm happy about it because I find it annoying, but it's going to be a major hit to um, some of the advertisers out there that have been using this. Uh, so. so think about that though. For Google to know whether you clicked yes or no on a pop-up, because the pop-up just goes away. It doesn't change the page or URL. Mm-hmm. That's got to take some serious coding. Oh, yeah. the back. 
Hmm. Let's jump into some Mueller files when we get back from a quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on purpose. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Denticott, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Webmaster Radio, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, is Google all in on intent research versus keyword research for SEOs? Maybe not. So, the root of all this, um, and, and I actually have a difficult time describing this, but the idea here is when Google is looking at pages and trying to determine what they're about, they're focusing on uh, a number of things, but one of them is intent. You know, what is the intent of, or when people are searching, pardon me, when they're searching, what is the intent of their search? And they try to deliver pages that are, you know, relevant to that intent. So what 
someone said it was a Bing. Uh, what's his name here? It is Frederick yeah. Dubut. Dubut, maybe. I'm not sure. How yeah, to say I, it. I couldn't figure out how to pronounce it either. I mean, I think it would be Dubu, because T is usually silent in French. But anyway, I don't know. Uh, uh, Bing told that SEO should focus on intent research over keyword research in 2020. He says, keyword research are probably going to become slowly obsolete and you'll need to switch to intent research as a practice, unquote. Um, this was passed along to John Mueller. And John, in a nutshell, said that, yes, you know, that, that makes some sense, but he doesn't see it completely going away. Now, I, from an SEO, from my experience, I don't know, I've always thought about intent. Tent. At least I think I have. It's just logical. So keyword always. It's the English language or whatever language you're working on. Keywords are going to be an aspect of that. I don't see how it's going to be. It'll change perhaps, but I don't see it ever going away. Yeah, I think it it will definitely evolve. I know that I'm personally moving away from using the term keyword research when I'm <laughs> training. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like. I, I don't call it. I'm, I'm actually focusing on. Um, for news organizations anyway, talking about the idea of, you know, identifying entities and relationships between entities over trying to figure out what keywords to put into your, you know, articles. And to me, that makes a much more, much more sense in the news space because of the fact that a lot of times when we cover things in news, there is no research that you can do over breaking news, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever, nobody ever searched for the term "superstorm Sandy" before the storm happened, right? So as we're writing content related to breaking things, you know, there's not really any research you can do on a lot on some of these things. So it makes much more sense to look at okay, what are the entities involved? What are the relationships? And kind of go from that that kind of um, approach. And it's really it's really interesting because just yeah, it was December. Um, Google kind of announced a, an update to how they do top stories for news and search. And I pulled this up because I want to read it to you. Um, they, they're talking about um, timely topics and, you know, you know, how you're talking about timely topics and you're looking for that. And they said very specifically that to power this new experience for the top stories um, here, to power this new experience, we developed a new story understanding technology to map people, places, and things involved in a news story and draw connections between them. Hmm. And if it's, if it's something breaking, that's really the only thing you can do. And that's a good way to describe what entities are to the listeners, right? People, places, things, whatever yeah, it is that's exactly. connected to and, a story. Entities are basically nouns. You yeah. know, relationships between them are basically verbs. So a lot of journalists are already doing this, but instead of thinking about keywords, trying to train them to think about, no, look at what you're writing about and the relationships between the things that are happening in your story. And that makes much more sense than trying to figure out who's searching for what more often, especially in situations like, you know, breaking news where there may be no, no data at all to rely on from a research perspective. So in the past, what have they done? I mean, they couldn't do the keyword research then either for stuff that wasn't com was coming out. No, they just kind of had to wait. You know, they had to write their <clears throat> stories without any kind of um, direction on how people are searching for them, and then hope that you know they can 
they, they got the right terms. Um, maybe if they got the terms wrong, like Superstorm Sandy is a good example because a lot of people were calling it a hurricane. It was not a hurricane, but people searched for the hurricane Sandy. It was not a hurricane, but as journalists, they were going to report the accurate, accurate reporting. They were not going to call it a hurricane. So they got kind of really screwed when it came to um, SEO because they didn't have, you know, they, they didn't have the direction to how to, to um, write this from an SEO perspective because there was no real data to go on. And so there was a controversy between hurricane or superstorm or whatever it was actually called. Um, but then again, we, we've gotten through that piece. They just kind of nowadays, I'm trying to get them to really understand, think about the entities, think about the relationships between the entities, think about the attributes of the entities, right? The, the, like, you know, those are basically the adjectives and the adverbs um, in their stories or those attributes of entities. It, it's, it's a really interesting training session because it pretty much blows up their heads <laughs> yeah i think so well it's hard enough writing never mind trying to yeah. figure all that stuff out but it's not it's not actually that hard because it's the stuff they're already doing it's just putting a little bit of understanding behind what they're already doing and how it relates to how people and how google specifically interprets what they're writing so that sort of reflects on something i tell uh, our clients or our writers you know write you know, do your research, write an article or whatever you're writing with the intent to provide phenomenal quality, then go back and see, you know, if you've built on anything or you can build out anything. Like I don't mention entities yet. Cause I, again, I'm scared to blow their minds, but um, <laughs> try to find ways to improve the obvious intent. Mm -hmm. um, and, and oftentimes that's keyword research knowing what people are searching for and that's intent. I, I don't know all this stuff. It just sounds like people are overcomplicating it. A keyword research to me has been an element of intent. Um, now the entities aspect is very interesting though. That is different. That is an evolution. Mm -hmm. So when you tell them to, to think about the entities, um, are you telling them to perhaps go back and then try to change and add synonyms or add adjectives, that kind of thing, or, are you? No, no, I'm I, it's just moving forward. And I, I know, and I tell them when I, in the training, I know this is your first exposure to this, but this is going to be the focus from, from in the training from now on. So it's going to be something that I'm gradually introducing and gradually um, trying to, you know, the next time I come into training, I don't even want to mention the word keyword, right? That's my goal. I doubt it'll happen, but that's my goal, right? is yeah. to, to gradually get them to just kind of stop thinking about what keywords should I use as a reporter. This is not necessarily the same kind of strategy I would use talking to someone who's writing content for an e-commerce site, right? Mm -hmm. um, but as a reporter and writing an article for a news organization, this is something they already do. They already think about entities because they're thinking about the people, places, and things that they're writing about. They yeah. just haven't put it in that context before uh, um, as something that Google's artificial intelligence or AI is also thinking about. So I'm trying to get them to switch from, I have to do this for Google to I'm doing this and Google's going to understand it. Yeah. That's the Which is really where it's always been going, Google's always been trying to get to the point where we really don't have to do anything that it's just going to understand. And that way that's the dream of Google. I would imagine because then 
SEOs are, well, to them, un, unnecessary. We'll find ways to be necessary, but <laughs> yeah. they, they won't consider us unnecessary and they will hope for that anyway. Yeah. Someone is always going to block their whole site with a robots.txt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and there always be ways to improve upon things. That's the beauty of it. So uh, really interesting. Yeah. And I think um, I, I had a question about inter on an interview yesterday I had uh, in another podcast that's coming out soon um, about you know, what I've felt about voice search in the future. And honestly, had a very hard time answering. I mean, I told him about what I thought, you know, about what we know, uh, that there's tons of testing going on. But the fact is, we don't know what three years from now, what kind of, um, what our portal will be into the internet. You know, will it still be phones? Yes, I'm sure to a certain degree. But I've also seen technology coming that, really will put it a lot into our glasses. Is that yeah. five years from now? I don't know. Things go so damn fast, who knows? But yeah. will voice search be visual or will it really still be an audio response? I hate the audio response, don't you? Um, the audio response and like assistance and stuff? Yeah, I prefer to I, see the answers. I like that I can ask them, but in I, many cases, unless it's just a one word answer or I mean, a small short sentence, they usually just read on and it's like this long thing. I don't want that. You, you just, can tell them to stop once you get the information you want. <laughs> I know, but it's still annoying to me. Uh, I, I just I want to I, see it. I don't mind hearing it yeah. at all. It's, it's it, again, sometimes it's fine. And with the kids, I actually kind of like it. It's fun. But uh, when I'm at work and stuff, I don't want that broadcasting. But I wouldn't mind asking the question and then seeing Ooh. the result. Who was it that, um, I think it might have been Gary Eish just a week or so ago was talking about how voice search um, SEO is a fad mm -hmm. and it's going to go away. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that we, we all need to do a better job of building in um, markup. And then after that, it will have to leave it to Google to a degree. Um, yeah. Well, and it's well, going to be about how popular your, your marketplace or your, your, your brand is. Cause frankly, a lot of the results are from leading companies. Well, I found it very interesting that in the news space, which I focus on, as you know, uh, there are only specific news publications and organizations that they work with for, um, you know, you can, I'm not going to do it cause my Google will go off, but you can ask Google specifically in the morning, like, tell you what the news of the day is right yeah yeah and but they will only pull that information from specific organizations partners so, and such um, yeah so i don't know if outside of news they're, they're doing the same thing but kind of uh behind the scenes you know they pick different sites or is it really purely algorithmic i don't know well that's just it yeah and, and there's there's a lot to that and i think that it'll always be to their usually ends up being the answer uh, for Google yeah. to stick with partners or with people who they've, they've gone through a, a guarantee or, you know, some sort of process with to ensure the quality and that, you know, I'm sure they're getting something back from. Right. Um, and I mean, maybe that'll be good. Maybe it'll be bad. I mean, there is mm -hmm. certain uh, aspect of news online right now that we don't want to appear in our results. Right. <laughs> Just, you know, bad information. Uh, so, 
Hey, that's, that's, uh, but yeah, we talked about entities anyways. Uh, and I, I said, well, then there's entities, but I'm not going to get into that with your listeners because I just don't want to, I don't even know how to put into words sometimes. It's not the clearest thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and entities can get quite confusing. Um, Cause like one of the, one of the slides I show in my training is a picture of me. I say, I'm an entity, but I'm also a dad, a drummer, a SEO, a speaker, uh, you know, and all these things I listed, each one of those are entities as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, you have to, you have to create something. Um, it's relevance too. Yeah. It's relevancy, but you, you, I'm creating a contextual um, environment with the rest of the copy on your page to help define what kind of entity you are. Is, it gets, it does get pretty complicated. That's mm-hmm. why I'm introducing it very slowly. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, interesting. Okay. Well, this is kind of fun. Um, another John Mueller. Uh, someone, I guess, was asking about becoming an SEO for Google. Um, and John Mueller responded. He says that their SEOs, their in-house SEOs, have it harder than others. Of course, this really got people interested in the answer here. Um, so... I'll read off his response. It did get removed, but someone smartly took a screenshot of it. So it says, uh, John Mueller says, we do have SEOs at Google. Like any bigger company, it's not easy to do SEO for our properties, but it is something that some of our products look into and try to do. I suspect our SEOs have it harder than others, but there's not a lack of things to do. If you're curious, one of the folks that work on works on SEO wrote, and there's this article about it, um, and there are some jobs listed at Again, they link to careers.google specific page, which can give you an idea of the things the team are looking for. <laughs> now, um, this is an article by Matt Southern on Search Engine Journal, and Matt was looking at it, and <laughs> I quite agree here. Um, there's two aspects to this. One is their requirements for the job. Good Lord. Um, where is it here? I think they were, they were requesting a PhD. Um, yeah, so... Uh, one of them was an, uh, was a qualifications for a search analyst include master's degree for PhD or PhD in computer science, engineering, statistics, mathematics, or a related discipline. A search analyst for Google must also have multiple years of experience in SEO, project management, coding, and data analysis. Um, so there's one aspect, but then also <laughs> I can't imagine doing SEO. I don't know. SEO seemed like it'd be a, it'd be tricky to get the job as well. All that. Uh, just getting the interview. Yeah. Uh, I, I applied once for an SEO manager at Google. They actually had a job listing for an SEO manager at Google. Mm-hmm. Never heard back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I know someone else who did as well. They went and actually had the interview, I believe. And they said, yeah. are you this person? And I guess they had a clip of him saying something <laughs> a bit negative about Google. <laughs> uh, like uh yeah <laughs> it was he was pretty much grilled and then shut, kicked out the door they guessed, guessed a lot of tough questions so anyway doesn't sound like the thing for me that's for sure i would love to work in a place like that but uh, i just ain't smart enough i'm afraid <laughs> not my cup of tea yeah you are no, they're just not wanted- smart enough to hire you Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Um, okay, so let's get on to the next one here. All right, we have some questions. Uh, let's start with 
the oldest one. I believe that was the bottom or no, you moved it down, right? If you did. Okay. So um, the first one's from Noah Lamb. And Noah's got us the last two last time as well. When writing content, is it better to write multiple quality articles for a product or one large article to the product? To the product. Hmm. Is it better to write multiple quality articles or one large? So when writing content. Yeah. In in my perspective, for my immediate thought is it depends. Um, Target, you know, is a a particular article, is the intent of that article to speak to a a different segment of their market, then that might be beneficial uh, to do do just one for each segment, a very targeted article. Do you think he means product or topic? If if he means product and it's like an e-commerce play. Well, he is because the next question is about an e-commerce site selling medical supplies. So I'm just assuming it's the same concept. Yeah. All right. So, and I like that he's thinking about articles instead of, you know, uh, product copy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really good. And I would say my, my guess is, or not my guess, my, my recommendation would be, A, um, let's make sure you have the products that are your most important products to sell, whether it be because of margins or what volume or whatever, have articles. So I wouldn't write multiple articles until you have everything covered. And then you have to kind of evaluate, is it now do I go into some of the lesser important products or do I reinforce my important products? Did those articles help initially, um, you know, driving traffic? And I'm assuming he's using some, some kind of uh, call to action to pull people from the article to the product to buy it. Did it work? Um, for you to improve sales. I think it all goes back to sales more than anything. Um, You know, if, if the articles are driving some traffic that result in conversions, you know, then keep doing them. Um, If they're not, then you got to kind of reevaluate. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and is, you know, speaking to the soul of the question, I think it's, is about, you know, whether or not, um, multiple qualities or a single article. And I guess, again, it's about how you are targeting. Um, a big article, one large, very comprehensive article has a lot of power. If it's properly written, it becomes like one of those ultimate articles we talked about in the past. So I, I do think there's a lot of benefit to that. However, um, you know, if you were selling a video camera, um, that would make perhaps some good sense. Um, you know, a, a nice digital camera, you would talk about all the different ways you can do video, videography, um, you know, tips and trades for stuff. However, if it's about a medical device, um, you've got different viewers. You've got entirely different segments. You do do a degree, of course, with cameras, but it's a little easier to target them all in one. I'm not so sure it would be so easy with the other. Um, so you may want to test writing multiple content for one um, product and then for another product, try doing the large one and see which ones work out. Uh, sort of along the lines of what John was alluding to, too. Yeah, and and then back to your point though, it's also targeting, right? Um, as far as topical targeting, if a product has diverse uses, then maybe multiple articles covering each different type of use would be a good way to do it because if people, if there's different use cases for a product then there's going to be people, different people searching for different use cases um, because they're not all searching for the exact same thing. 
if the product really has one focus and one use, you can do that. You can get away with the one large article. Mm. All right. I hope that helps, Noah. Okay. So what's this next question here, John? So um, Ian Cunningham um, asked us, uh, what's everyone's favorite white hat, fully done for you, monthly link building service? And I don't really want to give a specific, you know, you know, recommendation to somebody because a lot of these guys that do this um, are very picky about who they take as customers and probably don't want to get bombarded with requests. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting to, to cover for Ian and everybody else what you should expect from a monthly link building service. And I think the first thing that most people are shocked at when they, they, they talk about this and they start looking into this is how expensive really good white hat links are. I mean, um, you know, a, a single link from one of these good high quality um, companies is gonna cost you anywhere between four and five, $600 for a single link. Um, and it's worth it because they are very good links um, when, when you get them, they're very researched. Um, it, it may be, you know, content that they create to put on somebody else's site um, or have the ability to, 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 to or a partnership with a larger publication where they can write content. They're very expensive um, and they're, they don't come very quickly either. And they don't always work. So as far as, you know, they go through all this work, you still have to pay for them. The company then doesn't publish it, even though you had all the content created and all that stuff. So you got to be really careful with your work in these kind of services. Um, if somebody says, I can give you, you know, a hundred links for a hundred dollars, run away as fast, fast as you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just say, yes, my competing company name is. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's called a uh, yeah, negative SEO. You don't want to do that. So I, I guess you just for me, the, what I think when people ask that question, either whether it's a client or another SEO, I think the main thing to think of is you get what you pay for. If you really want a quality link, it's going to cost a significant amount of money. Um, if you just want a bunch of links, you can get them, you know, by the hat full, but they're not going to do you any good whatsoever. Excellent. Well, uh, we got to cut short now. I'm to be on meeting here. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you would like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd also appreciate any feedback on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.